We did. And when we uh, typed it into, you know, I was going to say MapQuest. Who says MapQuest anymore? <laughs> we <typed it> in. <laughs> Josh, let me go get my Thomas though? guy out of my trunk and we'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we faxed the MapQuest to the hotel so they had it ready for us. Anyway. <laughs> everybody to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and Sam your arch nemesis returns. I know. I'm just waiting for this. Sh- I've been waiting for this show all week. <laughs> I had to rearrange my schedule. I want to let you know, Josh, that I had to rearrange my schedule to be here because um I thought I had a I had a conflict, rejiggered things cuz Brian and I talked about it and it was like, there is no way that I can't be here if we're having Josh Wilson back on the show. And so here we are, Josh. Welcome back to the show. And I hope you have some uh, fun, controversial hot takes for me today. (laughs) I feel so honored that you would adjust your schedule. And I realize in like the Disney universe, everyone loves villains. And so I'll be the (laughs) DCL villain and everybody will love me and they'll love to hate me. And I'll just I'll just own it. So thank you so much. It's it's always a joy. I, I was telling Brian and Sam beforehand, it's like part of the fun of cruising is knowing after I'm done, I get to talk about it all over again with like two <laughs> friends now and then listen to everybody else talk about it on the show. It's great. Yes, we kid with Josh in jest. Uh, we are all friendly off air. There is no animosity here. I'm sure we would all enjoy a drink or dinner together at some point, which we should actually make happen because we live too close not to. But anyway, we'll take Josh to a great restaurant here that serves black truffle for sets and hilarious. <laughs> and see what he thinks. Or maybe escargot. Maybe we should just go to a French bistro and order some escargot. (laughs) I'm in. I'm in. All right. So, Josh, let's start by reminding folks about your Disney cruising background. You were a recent convert over to cruising, but have embraced it uh, fully. And so remind folks about your cruising experience. Absolutely. I went on my first cruise in October 2021. Since then, I've been on a a handful of cruises, I think five or six now. And I'm basically only I only want to cruise for all my vacations from here on out. My wife rolls her eyes at me for it. I'm like, we could just go on a cruise. (laughs) Everything now, like my currency is now cruises. It's like, yeah, we could go to that restaurant and show for a night or that's like half a cruise. So I'm just like, (laughs) weigh it out. (laughs) And so, yeah, now I I love Disney Cruise Line. I've dabbled in Royal Caribbean Cruise Line as well. um, But Disney is Disney's Disney. You can't go wrong. Yeah. And now this is going to be a fun conversation for a couple of reasons, but the biggest of which is it was your first time taking your son and daughter on a Disney cruise. And so as a parent myself, I remember the joy. Well, actually, our first experience with Nathan on a cruise was not joyful, but we now love taking him on the cruise and seeing Disney through his eyes. And so first tell folks who your sailing party was and what did you do in the lead up to the cruise? Were the kids excited? Yeah. So the sailing party is me and my wife. And then we have two kids. Our son, Eli, is six. Our daughter, Macy, is three. And so we went on a seven-night Alaskan cruise on Royal Caribbean in August. Um, and the kids loved it. And then we told them, what, a couple months after that, hey, we're going to do this relocation cruise on Disney. And so for them, we told them, hey, this is the Mickey Mouse cruise. And they, <laughs> they've heard about Mickey Mouse cruises because we, whenever we've gone on one, we went on one in, I think it was October again or end of September, we said, Hey, we're going on a Mickey Mouse cruise. And remember, we're going to do this as a family soon. And so they love the idea. And what we did to prepare, which I highly encourage anybody, it's it's funny, I, it's like, I highly encourage it for kids. But in reality, as human beings, we really like to see where we're going to go. And so go on YouTube, 
watch ship tours, um, go and look at, if you want to, the shows that they put on. And so for our kids, they had already seen the pool deck, walked through the ship, they knew what the theater was going to look like. And so for them, they're walking into what they already knew. And so the excitement just continued to build. And I can only watch so many people show the Dory's Reef splash pad. And my daughter just, can we see Dory again? I'm like, well, we can go in real life. No, I want to see it on the video. Okay. okay. (laughs) I love that. Now, you took a repositioning cruise, Josh, which um, I'm curious first, why did you land on the repositioning cruise? And typically those cruises come at a bit of a discount in the Disney world. And I'm wondering if uh, the price kind of drove some decision making for you or not. They can come at a discount. And I've noticed that they're not as discounted as some other cruise lines. Um, For us, it really was. The price was right for a four-night cruise. And then it went from San Diego to Vancouver, British Columbia. And we live in Bellingham, Washington, which is an hour and 10-minute drive to the Vancouver port. And so for us, it made a ton of sense to only have a one-way ticket to San Diego and then drive home the day getting off the cruise. So that was that was the reason why. Yeah. And now this cruise had no port stops. It was basically San Diego... Sea days. Oh, Victoria. Did you stop in Victoria? Yeah. Yes. But it's like a, but it's like a late night port stop, right? So no, Victoria was all day actually. Oh, yeah, okay. It's so close. It's like a half hour from Vancouver. You don't really I've seen repositioning cruises on Disney in the past where that Victoria stop is like a technical stop. They like get in at like seven o'clock at night and they depart, you know, at eleven and you're not getting off the ship kind of thing. So that I've seen that before. So it's nice to hear you got the day in Victoria. Let's talk about San Diego. So Itineraries released this week that we're recording the show and no more San Diego, it looks like, at least for late next year, late 2024. Now, you've sailed out of San Diego before. Anything different with the experience this time around, uh, especially with the kiddos? Yeah, last time we flew in the day before. This time we flew in three days before. So we made it kind of an extended vacation. So we went up to Disneyland for a day. So that was fun. Just a quick side note. Disneyland's way busier than it was 10 years ago, which is a surprise to no one. But we haven't been in a while. And it's a it's a whole different animal. But that's not cruising. That's why I love cruising. And going to Disneyland reminded me Disney cruising is superior in every (laughs) single way. I feel like it's a perfect preamble to going on a cruise, right? Being at the parks because it's all go, go, go. And then you get on the cruise and you're ensconced. You're still in the Disney bubble, but you don't have to like pay for things and you can have a much more relaxing atmosphere and the lines for characters are shorter. So all of the things that you have in the parks just better on the ship, in my opinion. Yeah, which is why uh, we may be taking another Disney cruise coming up down the line and uh, <laughs> out of Florida. And I kind of told I haven't told my wife yet, but I said, <laughs> if we're going to go to Disney World, go, we have to go before going before to me is way better because then you get to relax and recover after the stressful days of going nonstop. You know, we did just have a guest recently. I was editing the show earlier today who mentioned the one benefit of going to the parks after is that his family was so full, they spent less on money or less money on food. So, <laughs> Wise. True. That's true. You listen, I think however you can fit it in, you fit it in, right? Because if you've got an itinerary that you don't have a lot of flexibility just because of the date, then you do it after if you have to. But I agree, if you have the choice, you do the park days first. But you know, we don't you don't always have the choice with like a seven-day cruise or something like that, or school vacation schedules, all that's good stuff. So we went to Disneyland for a day. And then we had like two and a half days in San Diego and just went to the beach, enjoyed the food. Funny thing about the beach, um, all of them were closed due to bacterial levels in the water. And it's an ongoing issue in San Diego. And currently half of them are closed. 
Uh, so before you go, just double check and make sure that things are good. Well, so Josh, what did you get up to in San Diego then before the cruise? Uh, well, we're traveling with a three-year-old and a six-year-old. So the club scene wasn't really for us this trip right. around. You got to go to parks. Yeah. And, and that's where we went to Disneyland the full day. We flew in Monday, went to Disneyland all day Tuesday, cruising out on Thursday. So Wednesday, we played in the pool at the hotel and we yeah. went to some amazing kids parks. Look online and do a quick search. San Diego is full of epic kids parks. And we I think we went to two or three and all of them, our kids could have played at for hours. Okay. So you got to give us the tips on which ones you went to. The one that we love is the one right across the street from the ship on the waterfront, um, on the San Diego waterfront. And every time we go to San Diego, and you can see it in our Facebook group. There are pictures of Nathan at that park anytime we're sailing out of San Diego. Um, and it's usually the morning of, the day before, whenever we are going to that park. We just love it. It's a fantastic kids park. I have no idea the name of it other than it's like something waterfront park. Yeah, but I'm curious as to which ones you guys went to because you know we're sailing out of San Diego uh, again this year and unfortunately not in 2024 because of the itinerary release that just came out. But uh, yeah, I'm sure other folks would love to hear. Yeah, the one park that was the biggest highlight, uh, it's called the Pink Park is what everybody calls it. But it's Maruda Gar Gardner. I don't know. Forgive me for butchering that. But it's uh, right by Mission Beach. Um, so you have Mission Beach, you have like the little, I don't, I wouldn't call it a carnival, but whatever you call it, fair area. And there's like this, I can't, I can't even explain it. It's like a big, huge jungle gym that also has a slide on it. Um, and they have a bunch of structures. It's very unique and unlike any park we had seen before. And so our kids were just going up this structure in order to slide down, do a Google search, Pink Park San Diego. Awesome. Absolutely stellar. So we were, we were probably there for like three hours. It was great. That's Where'd amazing. you stay, Josh, in San Diego? We stayed at the Marriott, I think it was Marriott Vacation Club Pulse, which is downtown. So okay. it, we were like a mile up from the water, like where the cruise ship was. So, okay. and I know that because I returned our rental car the morning of the cruise and ran to go watch the Disney Wonder come in and then ran back to our hotel. So, <laughs> well, yeah, you must have been up early then because the Wonder usually does get in on the early side in San Diego. What, what time did she sail in? We'll get we'll get there, Brian. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> He's going too far. I want to hear about the other parks. Brian's jumping ahead. Come on, Brian. Uh, we checked out that park by the waterfront. I can't remember what other one we did, but the pink park was the highlight. Okay, fair enough. And then you said you spent a day up in Disneyland with the kids. Yes, and my our son had been to Disneyland a couple times pre COVID, uh, but it was our daughter's first time. Our son finally hit that height mark to go on all the rides that he so chose to. And so um, he he's six years old. So he went on, he didn't go on Smuggler's Run. He went on Rise of the Resistance. We did oh, wow. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. He did Indiana Jones. And uh, he's still a little young for the scary rides, but he enjoyed being with mom and dad on those. So. Oh, yeah. Indiana Jones is intense, I would say. I, I'm yeah. not sure. I, at six years old, I definitely would not have done well on that ride. <laughs> I, mean, I was hiding my head in my parents' lap on um, Pirates of the Caribbean when I was maybe like eight. If that tells yeah. you, I was really chicken. And, and Splash Mountain. And it was funny. I have a memory as a seven-year-old, my mom forcing me to go on Splash Mountain. This is pre-Fast Pass, pre-Genie garbage, whatever it's called. And I cried and complained the whole time for an hour <laughs> straight. And everybody around us is like cheering me on. 
I go down Splash Mountain and at the end I look at my mom and I go, that was amazing. Can we go again? And so taking, taking my six-year-old son, I was like, it's time for payback. Uh, but he was stoked about it. We had we had Genie Plus. We went right to the front and I told him, I said, one day you're going to realize how special this is because this thing's now closed and yeah. uh, you're going to remember you went on Splash Mountain, which is which was probably my favorite ride. So uh, I'm bummed it's gone, but it, it'll come back. The reason I asked about your Disneyland time is that's, you know, it's not a short commute from San Diego up to Anaheim, especially, you know, wrong time of day in California traffic. So it can make for a pretty long day, especially with younger kids. Did you find it like worthwhile to take the day trip up from San Diego to Disneyland or would you do something else next time? Being that we don't get down to Disneyland or Southern California very often for us, it was worth the day trip. You're waking up at six, you're driving an hour and 20 minutes. We were lucky that we didn't hit traffic, um, but for us, it was worth it. I mean, definitely you're tired and exhausted. The kids are passed out with their mouths open and, you know, all sorts of necks <laughs> twisted around. Uh, but for us, we think it's worth it. If you live closer, obviously, it's it's not worth the drive. So everybody's yeah. different. For us, it was definitely worth it. Did, yeah. did you give any consideration to Legoland? That's the other park that we hear people going to a lot down there. We did. And when we uh, typed it into, you know, I was going to say MapQuest. Who says MapQuest anymore? We <laughs> Josh, let me go get my Thomas guy out of my trunk and we'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we faxed the MapQuest to the hotel so they had it ready for us. Anyway, uh, I was like, well, if, if Legoland, it said, I think like 40 minutes, maybe we did it during traffic. I was like, if we're driving 40 minutes, we might as well go an extra 40 to go to Disneyland. Yeah. It's like, you know, six in one hand, half dozen in, in the other to us. It's But now next time we if, if I went again, knowing what I know now, how busy Disneyland is, we would have gone to Legoland. Yeah. And yeah. our kids being as young, they would have enjoyed that probably as much. Any favorite spots there in San Diego to grab dinner with the kids? Kind of family friendly spots? Or did you just kind of, you know, you found some spots that were good, but nothing you'd recommend? Yeah, that's that's about we found spots that were good. In and outs, obviously a big win. My mind was just on cruise ship food. So it was really uh, what's going to be good. We I'm a big one bite pizza review fan. I'm a huge pizza fan. If anybody, some people listening are like, I know exactly what that is. And so we found the highest rated pizza in downtown San Diego. And I think we ended up getting like four slices. They were pretty sizable, you know, in a refinanced home later, it was delicious pizza. But for some reason, <laughs> my six and three year old didn't care that the cheese was fancy. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I am, I'm going to have to try that pizza then when we go to San Diego, because I am also a pizza connoisseur. Of course, you know, being from New York, I have I'm also a pizza well, snob. But <laughs> well, and you and Josh have such uh, aligned tastes, you know, he, he's, he's not dreaming about cruise ship food. He's having nightmares about truffle per sets. Uh, yeah. So, Josh, let's get to day of here. So you mentioned returning the rental car. I want to rewind back to your very early morning. So you, you ran along the waterfront to see the wonder come in. What time in the morning was that exactly? Yeah, it, I love running. I love waking up early. I love seeing the sunrise. And I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna drop the rental car at like, I don't know. I don't remember. But let's say 5.30. <laughs> and it's only, it's only like less than two miles away. So by, you know, 5.50, I'll be there and I can watch a ship come in. So I'm running over and no Disney Wonder. And you can kind of see far off in, in the bay. I guess you call it a bay. So I kept, I ran a little further, found a really cool like statue of a sailor next to that. I forget what the, it's USS Midway. There's like a cool statue yeah. there. 
And then I run back and I'm like, ah, it's like 6.30. Where's the ship? And so I open up my app and I think, I, Brian, I think you turned me into like, you can find where all the Disney ships are. And I looked and I'm like, oh, this thing is still a ways out. And so finally, 7.15 is when the ship pulled in. And I know that because I filmed the video and sent it to Brian. And at that point, I'm like, 7.15, that seems like suspiciously late that it might affect us later getting on the ship. And sure enough, it absolutely did. So it was very late that day. I was going to say, normally in San Diego, if I wake up at six, the ship is already sitting out there. It's already parked. Um, and I've, I've had a GoPro. We, we stay at a hotel right across from the port. And sometimes they'll give us a room that looks onto the port. And I'll put a GoPro up to sort of film the ship coming in. And it's like 4 a.m., 4.30, 5 a.m. So yeah, I'm, that's late. So I'm not surprised that it sort of impacted your departure. You were a mile away. We're used to, we stay at like a Spring Hill Suites and just walk across the street with our luggage. Uh, sometimes with extraordinary circumstances, if we have a lot of luggage for whatever reason, we'll get an Uber to run us around the block. But how did you get from where you were staying down to the port. Just jumped in an Uber, put all of our stuff and strapped the kids in and went to mile drive. Okay. And uh, so you get to the port. What time did you, what was your port arrival time like? And when did you show up? And what was the crowd that was developing kind of like at the port? (laughs) Yeah. So this was before the updated when you can get a boarding time. So this was the 30 day chaos. Everybody can apply, even noobs like me. So I cracked my fingers. I never typed that fast, putting in passport numbers and pictures. I was ready to go and got the coveted boarding group number two, which is the 11 a.m. boarding time. Well done. Yep. Only the concierge folks uh, got before us. And so 11 a.m., we showed up in the Uber. I told my wife, last time, because we were out of San Diego back in, what, October. So I said, last time, we didn't need to show up as early as we did. We'll show up 15 minutes early. So we show up 15 minutes early. And our Uber had to drop us off in front of where they normally drive in because people were still getting picked up. And our Uber driver's like, this is weird. I've never seen this happen before. And there's like loads of people on the curb loads of people waiting to get picked up from Uber. And it was because the ship came in so late. And I later figured out at 1130, when we got into the terminal, there were still people walking off the ship to go through customs. And you can see panic. The Disney Wonder staff of like, we've got to get this turned over faster than this. And and yeah, it was not typical. Yeah. Well, and they have to not just get like the rooms turned over, but they got to be out of port by a certain time or they pay, you know, fees to San Diego. And I'm sure that's quite expensive. It's not a cheap port to sail in and out of. So kind of a big deal. And then they get a bunch of angry people who are, you know, expecting to get on the ship by midday and instead are getting on in, you know, late afternoon if it's really delayed. Yeah. I mean, my problem with these like delayed port departures is you're paying for that time. I mean, like if you have an 11 a.m. port arrival time and, you know, look, provide some flex, a shipboard sometime between 1130 and one, depending on what the Coast Guard needs to do. But you're paying for that. That's included. They do it by night because that counts as one of your days (laughs) on board. So day one. yeah. So I you know, don't know what delayed them or, or whatnot. So what time did you end up getting on the ship? Or let me ask this, what time did the port open up? And then I assume they had people sitting in the terminal for quite a while. And what time did you finally get on the ship? Yeah. So the terminal opened up at 1115, 1120. Mm-hmm. And it was chaos outside because one, there was just a huge long line to even get baggage tags. And we didn't get them because we booked a guaranteed room. 
And I was like, oh, this is fine. You just show up and tell them you need them. So that line was long. And then you have people who are like, where's where's the 1130 line? And the, and the, the port workers are like, oh, we're not even near that. You just come back in like a half hour. It's terrible. <laughs> and uh, so we get in at, like I said, 1120. And then, yeah, we sat in the terminal for an hour and then eventually finally walked on the ship at 1225. And being the nerd that I am, knowing I'm going to be talking to you guys, I like take pictures right as I'm like walking on so I can go back and see the time. It's like, oh, cool. 11 tw- or 1225. I love it. I love, yeah. it. love it. That's not bad. So good job, Disney crew, for getting the ship turned over and cleaned. <laughs> yeah. And I and I will say I'm the I'm the rope drop type. Uh, so I was we were the first people in group two. We were we were sitting there and I was like, kids, we're getting on this ship and getting some cabanas because we need this. I need this. <laughs> so before we get to the chicken fingers and cabanas, I got to ask a, one more question leading into the cruise, which is, you know, lots of people reporting lots of difficulty with the online check in and the activity booking processes pre cruise. How did those go for you? Were you able to book things that you wanted? I mean, I don't know if you were really looking for shore excursions or adult dining, that sort of stuff. But were you able to book things that you wanted? And yeah, how'd it go? I felt like this cruise was going to be less filled because everything was so easy to get. Uh, Palo brunch, easy drink tastings up until like the week before all of them were available. I kid you not. Um, And I think uh, we had what two sea days and then uh, the San Diego day. And so no issues whatsoever. We even canceled some drink tastings and you could still get mixology like a couple weeks out, which I was like, "Ah, that's not normal. So it was it was really easy and excursions too in Victoria, not too tapped out. So there was options. Remind me the dates of the cruise again, Josh, or when it when it it was May, I believe, eleventh to the fifteenth. Yeah. So kids are in school, which drives down the crowds. Usually, instead of up front, the repositioning cruises tend to be less oversubscribed than some of the other cruises. So, did you get a sense of how many people were on board? Yeah, someone told me the ship was at ninety percent, ninety five percent capacity. I don't. Oh, that's I, for some reason, I think like ni- nineteen hundred or two thousand people. I mean, it was it was full. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, interesting. Interesting. How was the boarding process in the atrium for your kids? Were they blown away with the clapping and the family name stuff? Or were they kind of like, how quickly can I get a chicken finger in my mouth? <laughs> all right, guys. So for, first hot take of the day, I and it, people are going to hate me. I'm the villain. So just deal with it. <laughs> I don't get people make such a big deal about them saying your name in the atrium. I'm sorry. But it's it's like, you walk in and they're like, uh, what's your name? And I could tell them like uh, Harry Potter's and introducing the Harry Potter's family. And I'm like, and then here's the thing. If it feels special at all, anytime you walk by the atrium for four hours, the Hernandez family, the <laughs> flock family. And I'm like, it's not special. I'm sorry. It's not special. All they're doing is saying, let's put speakers in here to make people think it's special when in reality, it's, uh, yeah, again, hot take. Uh, so this one I'm going to have to disagree with you on because I, that that whole moment is what sold me initially on Disney Cruise Line. And now having finally kind of reconnected with another cruise line, Royal Caribbean, and just like boarding onto a deck and being shoved into an atrium, like zero kind of like orientation as to where I am in the ship, all this sort of stuff. Like that little moment, I think, makes such a big difference. And I remember when we first went back to cruising after the restart that was the moment i choked up a little bit where i'm like oh my god like they're it, this is this is truly disney no other cruise line does this so i i really appreciate it i'm gonna agree with both of you um <laughs> yeah i'm actually not gonna i'm not i'm not com- in complete disagreement with josh on this 
I will say, especially on the wish, because on the wish, there's no well, clapping. On the wish, there's they nothing. Just, yeah, they they announce your name, but they there's no clapping because and it's just a little weird. I find it really kind of awkward, actually, the way they do it on the wish. But I do love the way you know you enter into the atrium. I think that's an experience. And I I have to say, my first time cruising, and like Brian said, the time the first time we got to cruise after the shutdown, both those times I felt like a really I loved that moment, and probably the first time we cruised with Nathan, I loved that moment. But now I could take it or leave it to be perfectly honest. So I'm kind of with you in the sense of it's not that it's I don't need it. I do think there are a lot of people who really enjoy it. And so I think they should continue doing it. I just think the way they do it on the wish is awkward because there's no clapping. And I and I don't bring it up to be negative. I just, I, Brian, I've heard so many people like you yeah. who say like that moment felt so amazing. And I'm yeah. and for, for me, I'm just like, like to me, it doesn't. To me, it's yeah. like, oh, thank Thanks. You know, it's it, it's like I'm giving me a breath mint at the end of a meal. I'm like, that's uh, yeah, my breath stinks a little bit. But I don't care. Yeah. Like and when we went on for right the post pandemic cruises, they said your name. You sat in the atrium. They put on a little show yeah. for my kids. That would have been great. And for us. But now it's like introducing the Wilson family. Clap, clap, clap. Two steps. Hey, take a right. You need to go over here now. And it's like yeah. very quickly ushering you through. And so that quickly took away from uh, that magical feeling I felt yeah. like. So anyway, we got on and we debated between sit down or mm-hmm. cabanas. My wife and I really were craving those empanadas, but because of our oh, two yeah. children, we yeah. wanted to quickly get some chicken, some mac and cheese and some cheeseburgers in their little bellies and then go out to the pools, which is exactly yeah. what we did. Yeah, I think that's the right choice with young kids because as much as I love the sit down lunch and getting those empanadas and getting my Oreo cheesecake, it is long. And for little kids, I mean, Nathan, and can sit through it. But for little kids, it's it's probably a little too long and getting to the getting the food and getting to the pool deck is probably a smarter way to go. We don't go out to eat with our kids a ton. Like we enjoy going out to eat on dates, but for them, it's just not that enjoyable. And and we're a family that tries, you know, not to put devices in front of them while we're out and about. And so we were already a little concerned over dinner being as long Mm -hmm. as it was. And we didn't want to add two our experience, hour and a half sit down experiences in one day. So I agree with you, Sam. I think that's wise. Crowds, crowds wise, again, we were first people on boarding group two. We went directly to Cabana's. I know the ship because we've been on the Wonder. So we quickly went up there. I mean, there was it was a ghost town. And then getting out on the pools, there was hardly anybody there. It was crowd crowd wise. It was great the first day. Awesome. Now, what did the kids think of the pool deck? Of course, they you, they were of course, Dory's splash pad, and you've got the pools, and you've got the water slide. I forget what they call it. Twist. There's twist and spout. That's kind of the bigger one, but I'm not sure if that's too big for them. I'm thinking maybe your six-year-old could do it, though. Yeah, I realize my kids are probably a little jaded towards like what's cool, only because they we went on the Quantum of the Seas, which is Royal right. Caribbean, and they have a kids wave pool and a <laughs> little kids splash pad area, right. and they have like multiple pools. So to them, it was like just a it, it was cool. It was another kids area, but they like the little kitty. It's not Donald's pool. It's his three nephews. I forget their names. So they love that Louis, little Dewey pool. And Louis. They, they had Dory's Splash Reef, which is what my daughter ended up loving on like days, I think two and three. And the twist and spout, my son was nervous at first, but mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. And insider trading, uh, insider tips, the twist and spout is low key and cool as a cucumber as you want it to be. And yet it is deadly if you would like it to be as well. Yeah. So uh, word to the wise, if you want to go as fast as you can, lay down, put those shoulder blades back and go on your heels. 
you will get at the end of that slide to make the biggest splash and get water in places you didn't know could go. But if you, <laughs> but if you sit up and if you uh, spread your legs a little bit, think about like a ski pizza pose, but the opposite, that thing goes as slow as a snail. And it's like, you know, so my wife loved that because she wanted to go slow. And my son loved that he could go fast and then slow down. So he, we probably, me and him on the cold sea day, probably did that 20 times in a row. We became best friends with all the lifeguards at the Twisted Spout. It was great. Fun. Oh, I love that. So awesome. Nice. And what kind of room did you end up booking on board, Josh? We were in a veranda. So we originally, uh, I believe, booked a normal veranda, booked it. And then I think a month later, I noticed, oh, the guaranteed verandas are like, I think it was like $1,000 less. And so we rebooked into a guaranteed veranda, but it was just a standard. It wasn't the one with the Murphy bed. It was just the standard bunk beds and bed. And that worked great for us. Our kids love their bunk beds. I think that age, three and six, it's the room, I think to them, staying in a hotel is like magical. And to have the divider curtain, to have the bunks, to have the ability to sneak out and go onto the veranda for a family of four was such a big win. Well, we got to talk about the kids club. I imagine you went to the kids club on opening or on the first day during open house time. What did the kids think? I mean, I think the kids club on the wonder and the magic is better than the one on the fantasy and the dream. Of course, not up to the par of the wish, but that's because nothing beats the kids club on the wish. But they've got that Andy's room with the slide. I mean, what did they think of that space? And and did it entice them to come back? perhaps later on the cruise without parents? Great questions. And I think it's good to give a little background of my kids. My kids are very social. Like my son is the most extroverted person I know. He is in kindergarten now. Both of my kids at like extracurricular events. So he events takes are, after your wife, not you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but both of my kids, like they, they've grown up like going to a church and being dropped off in kids areas. And then we even went on the Royal Caribbean cruise. And it's interesting on the Royal Caribbean cruise, my daughter really loved the kids club because she was in the nursery and she could just say a handful of words. And all she said was Moana and they played it for. Her, and she's like, this is amazing. I love this. <laughs> um, love but my son was a little more hesitant at that one, which was surprising to us. Going into The Wonder, we went and did the tour with the kids um, with our three-year-old daughter. It was like, hey, let's walk through using the bathroom because it's Mm -hmm. the kind of thing that it's like normally mom or dad's around if they need anything. But hey, if you're in here, you got to figure that out. And so they saw it, they got comfortable with it. And then after at the end of dinner, it's like, okay, you guys are going in the kids club. And it's that, well, my son, well, no, 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 I don't know if I want to. And we're lovingly direct. You are going to spend 30 minutes in the kids club and we will take you out. But at that point, you can choose to go in longer. Mm-hmm. And we had Paulo brunch the next day. So we knew they got to figure out the kids club. Right. You got to get them comfortable that first night. Yeah. And the first night, my friend's like, uh, my friend, my son's like, hey, I made a friend. This is so great. I, I, you know, I like it. And my daughter had a good time too. She made some friends, <laughs> which we found out later on. We, we were talking to some girls and one of them says, what's your name? And these girls were probably six years old. And she goes, I'm Macy. And they both look at each other with like that face of like, we found her. And I was like, do you guys know Macy? They're like, yeah, we helped her find her brother in the kids club. And we thought she was the cutest girl in the world. And our daughter just like blushes. And 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 I was like, Macy, you didn't even tell us you made friends. And she's just, yep, they're my friends. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they, they had a good time, but they they wanted to spend time with mom and dad more than sure. being in the kids club. Sure. that That's fair. At least they liked it and were uh, comfortable enough, I assume, to spend 
you know, some time in there while you could have Paula brunch the next day. Yes. And, uh, and jumping to that, we, we learned that when you put your kids in the kids club, and I think this is important. I wish I would have known this. We'd let them know, Hey, we're going to brunch. We didn't say that. Kids don't know what brunch is. We're going to go eat a meal. And we made sure that they had room service beforehand. They were full of food. And we told them, you're going to be in here for an hour and a half. It's going to be a good time. And uh, we told our six-year-old son, don't ask for us because we know he's going to... Want, I want my parents. I want to get out. Well, we got a text message through the app. Hey, your daughter, your three-year-old is asking for you. This At this point, the kids club's drop-off was awful. I mean, it probably took like 15 minutes. There's a line out into the elevators. It's like not great. And so I go back down. At, it was like 20 minutes in and that line's there. And I'm like, oh, ah. And so I'm like, my daughter's asking for me. Do I have to wait in line? He's like, uh, you can kind of peek in and see if you can see her. Well, it turns out anytime your child asks for the parent, they have to call the parents. So, like I know my kids and my daughter, she, she'll be at home. And if I say something she doesn't like, she'll want to be like, I want mom. And so in that situation, if you're, they're encouraging your kid to do something fun and they complain, I want mom or dad, they have to call you. And so come to find out, my daughter then got whisked away and was having fun. And they're like, do you want us to bring her over? I'm like, no, let her be. And they said, okay, just so you know, if she asks for you again, we, we have to page you. So I was like, that's good to know. And it, I think no, if I would have known that, I would have let them know, hey, if you ask for us, right, we're, we may not come. And if you're, you know, and in our heads, if you ask for us twice, we're for sure going to be there. But they don't tell you your kid's whining because they are hungry or your kid had an accident. They just say, you need to come down to the kids club. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode what kind of stuff did you get up to on board with the kids josh did you do any of the family activities i mean you've got a three-year-old which you know maybe a little younger than uh than some of the activities would really be interesting to them but i'm curious what kind of stuff you got up to with yeah. So, oh man, the activities were great. And a reminder to somebody who hasn't cruised before, there's so much to do. And we had two sea days back to back. And to me, I knew that was going to be great. And it was. My kids love the sail away, sail a wave party. We didn't do the pirate deck party because that was at, I think like 10 o'clock at night. It was very late and our kids were asleep. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we went, just the two of us, my wife and I back in October, I was like, man, these parties are all hype. It really is just an excuse to dance. And then they're like, kind of make you stick around until Mickey and Minnie come out. And I thought to myself, my kids will probably love this. And sure enough, they loved those parties. 
more than that, they did like a Fab Five dance party in the atrium one day. Oh, fun. It was That was so cool. I, I think it was actually six of them. Daisy was there too. And they would just have like six little uh, like dance circles, kind of like the person at a wedding who's like, move back, everybody's about to get real. And um, <laughs> every five minutes, then the characters would rotate. So you could stay <laughs> in the same spot and then have a character come and dance with you. And my kids so loved that. Me, my, my wife went and had a spa treatment. I can talk about that in a second. But my kids and I went and did bingo. They, they, they were down with bingo. They were all yeah. about that. So they had a good time doing that. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else we did that we had a great time doing. The Royal Gathering. Did you do any family game shows? We didn't. We didn't do the family game shows. We did... Uh, did we do any drawing? Um, I think I went to one or two trivias. I went to the Disney Cruise Line trivia. You know, me being so shy, partnered up with some <laughs> lovely folks who ended up winning the $4,000 jackpot at Holy Bingo. Holy cow, at Bingo? Yeah. Wow. Amazing. And we got we got destroyed in trivia. But no, we didn't do any family game shows. Um, the kids would rather be at the pool and relax or go swimming. So that's kind of what we spent our time doing. Yeah, nice. And you said you did the Royal Gathering, so the princess meet and greet. Did Macy love the princesses? Or was she all about them? All about them. She she was like feeling their dresses and she just like kept feeling all the things on their dresses and talking to them. And so Tiana, she loves Tiana. We had watched oh Princess God. and the Frog to be ready for Tiana's restaurant. And so yeah, her her heart was filled. Of course, she's she's three and loves princesses. So my wife took her to Bibbidi Boppity Boutique. Oh and that was a stellar experience. My wife, like today, I was like, you remember Bibbidi Boppity? She's like, I was so impressed. She's like, I went in with high expectations and I, the people kind of talked down of like, why would you spend so much money on your kids for a dress and some makeup? But it really is the experience of mm -hmm. talking with your child, telling them what you're doing, talking about magical fairy godmother and training. And it, it was such a good time. And it, it, I encourage you if you're on the fence and like, yeah, it is an expensive experience. What we did is our daughter has her Disney princess dresses she wears all the time. So we encourage her to bring her own dress because she's already comfortable with it. The, the least expensive package at this point in time is $100. And you get a little nightgown that you leave with, a backpack, like a little Minnie Mouse pink eared backpack full of the makeup and nail polish and everything they use. And so like she went away with a whole kit to do it at home, <laughs> which she promptly did the day after and looked hilariously amazing. Um, <laughs> but overall, 10 out of 10 experience that one was. Amazing. That's what we hear. Now, I'm... I'm kind of sad that Nathan's not at all interested in doing one of these experiences. Now, to be fair, I, I want him to do the Captain Mickey one that they have. Um, which I, I'm not sure if it's only on the wish, but the outfit is so freaking cute. He is not at all. His sensory issues make it so he does. He probably didn't want anybody touching him and no gel in <laughs> his hair and no sparkles on his face or his hair. But I would love it. And from everything I've heard from folks who have done it either on the cruise or in the parks, that it is just a fantastic experience. Like the child feels so pampered and like all of the attention is focused on them. I, I've heard amazing things. Yeah. And and every child is going to be different on if they're into it or not. You know, I'm like, Nathan, if, if you told me that I'm going to go get and someone's going to mess with my hair or give me a back massage, I'm like, no, I'm going to karate chop your hands away and run. <laughs> like that's just, you know, and so some people are going to be totally into that. Well, Josh, I got to ask about beyond activities for the kids. Did it sounds like you're, you and your wife got some, you know, adult time a little bit. Did you 
do any adult dining or any adult activities? Or was it really just if the kids were in the kids club, maybe sit by the pool for a little bit and relax? It's just a couple things. So one, we did Paulo brunch, which mm-hmm. you've, you've heard Brian and Sam talk about it. You've heard everybody talk about it. It's the best meal. Just go do Paulo brunch. We had, it was a great experience. All the food was 10 out of 10. Two, two, uh, three highlights. Uh, number one, if you don't like the seat you're in, and you happen to accidentally spill a drink all over the table, they will move you to a new seat. Ask my wife how that happened when <laughs> she, it was so funny. She like got, I don't know what it was. It was like one of the first dishes, the the charcuterie board meats mm-hmm. plates. And she like took a bite of a pepper and didn't like it and like went to put it on my plate. I was like, don't put that on my plate. And I kind of like pulled my plate back a little bit and she reached over to put it on and then a drink knocked over. And I was like, <laughs> this is why we don't have nice things, Kristen. So she, she's like laughing. This is why I don't take you anywhere. (laughs) He's like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. We'll just move you over here. And we like the new spot that he moved us to. So fun fact, don't do that on purpose, please. That would be terrible. (laughs) So that was one fun thing. Uh, Number two, um, Sasha was there. (gasps) There's actually two Sashas. Two Sashas. Yes. There's There's the manager or or whatever the the manager would be. Yeah, manager. Yeah, better title. Yeah. But he's an old... You know, he's probably in his late 40s or 50s. He's a little bit on the older side. And his name was Sasha which looks like S-A-S-A because in Croatian, that's how you say Sasha. And I was like, oh, we used to have a waiter. That's who we've had twice now named Sasha. And he's great too, but I didn't know there's two of them. So fun fact for you. Last but not least, we were pretty close to the kitchen and the chef in the kitchen, he was like so Italian and he just seemed so ticked off the whole time. And <laughs> I, I and the the waiter was like, I'm, I'm so sorry you have to be next to the kitchen. I'm so sorry you have to like listen to this. Like I watched him like reprimand like a sous chef. And then like he picked up the phone and I'm wondering if it was like a one bedroom concierge because he's like taking notes oh. and he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you want, okay, okay. So you want, and he has an Italian accent. So you want this dish and you want risotto on the side. Well, risotto comes with this dish. And he and he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. No, okay. So you want these two dishes. Okay, you're yeah. not listening to me. And he's like so mad on the phone. <laughs> and I hear I hear another woman who's kind of frustrated, uh, one of the uh, other cruisers who's dining. And she's like, this is not the normal chef. This is not the normal experience. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. And I am eating this up as I'm enjoying my lasagna <laughs> and like chicken parmesan. I was like, this is like Hell's Kitchen, but on a cruise. <laughs> It was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So I want to tell you, it was not the one bedroom concierge suite that they were talking to. They had to be talking to either the Roy or the Walt because Ooh. you can only get Paulo in room on the wonder and the magic in the Roy or the Walt suite. You can you can get hot breakfast in your room in a one bedroom, but not Paulo. Yeah. So Ooh. I'm sure it was the Roy or the Walt. But yeah, you can get as much as you want. It's just like just like Paulo brunch if you're eating there as much as you want. Well, I, if, uh, I might have to book the Royal or the Walt. I'm just saying. I, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a good idea. <laughs> so we'll be there, okay? We'll be we'll be there with you. We'll uh, we'll just we can sleep in bunk beds. We're fine with it. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, overall, Paulo brunch was great. Um, and then it was Mother's Day, so we we're cruising oh, over nice. Mother's Day. And so my my wife, I signed her up, kind of surprise for it's called Alone Time, and she mm. loved it. Um, you get your own little room with your own shower, your own little jacuzzi. They did, my, my wife said she, they did a foot rub and then she got like 20 minutes in the jacuzzi. They oh, came and did a massage for like an hour. 
And then they brought her like the full tea service, like the box of choose your own tea, which she loves teas. And she was like, I couldn't have picked a better experience in the spa. It was she loved it. The whole thing. I'm going to have to book that. I've never done that before. We did the couples one one time where we got like couples massage and then we had like time in the jacuzzi and in the room ourselves. But I've never done the alone time one. And that sounds pretty awesome. I, you know, I mean, who doesn't love? them some alone time, especially when you have children. <laughs> I saw someone mention the alone time thing and that that seems relatively new. And I was I was curious. So I'm glad you yeah. can sort of share what that experience was all about. Now, I'm curious as to what you got up to in the evenings. Um, in particular, you said the first night you dropped the kids off at the kids club so that they would you know get comfortable before Paula brunch the next day. But did they have did they do any time in the kids clubs in the evening so that you all could check out some of the adult venues and perhaps have a cocktail? Um, no, not not together. And our our kids, they go to bed usually around eight o'clock. And yeah. when they're going hard all day, they're super tired. And yeah. so for us, we went to the frozen show with the kids, mm-hmm. which we we had main dining. I believe the show starts around like 8.15. Yeah, it's about an hour. So you're at 9.15. Yeah. And so for us, we put them in their pajamas, took them to the shows. They loved it. But after the kids went down, one of us would go out. And so I think my wife might have sat in on Match Your Mate for a little bit or check out like the pirate party. I'd probably go. I, I, I think most nights I just went to the pub and had a beer. I would like to walk around or see what's going on. I went and watched uh, The Guardians Volume 3, some of that oh, movie nice. in a movie theater one night. So we just traded off watching the kids and enjoying join this show. Awesome. Well, I got to ask you about the food because, you know, we've had a lot of discussions, you and I, Josh, about the food and what you like and what you don't like. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, you know, we might have to torture you with truffle persets. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm curious as to what, you know, were there any highlights for you and were there any lowlights for you on the food? You've been on The Wonder before. So you've experienced all three of the restaurants previously. But did you try anything new that maybe struck your fancy or maybe didn't? Great question. Wow, Sam, you should be a podcaster. You're, you're good at this. <laughs> Fl- flattery, flattery always comes before the letdown. Anyway, so before we go to the main dining, a um, couple of noteworthy things. And Brian, you brought this up when you were talking about your Royal Caribbean experience. Kind of like I find it odd that on Disney, you can get free soda, but s- drinks are only available at the one soda bar up on the pool deck or in cabanas or at your table service. But you can't go to a bar you know, over in the adults pool area and ask for a Coke. To me, I'm like, that just doesn't make sense. I know, and what it's came annoying. Up, and what came... It, it is annoying. And here's the other annoying thing as an aside is you have to go all the way up to the pool deck to get water or like to get a coffee. And to me, I'm like, how how in all of these Disney ships, including the Wish, it sounds like, do they not have an atrium or something off the atrium of a simple drink station or a cup of coffee? Yeah. To me, it's, yeah. that's bonkers. And we go, well, you can go to the French Lounge or you know the French Quarter. You can go to Cove Cafe. But I'm like, come on, make it a little easier. But where that was most notable to us with was with our kids. And so mm-hmm. if our son wanted a cheeseburger and our daughter wanted a hot dog, oh, hey, welcome to Cabana's. Go outside and go to the pool deck. I'm like, okay. Right. like There's the same on both sides. You can figure out how to squeeze in some cheeseburgers or, or hot dogs. So that was like one interesting note. Second food-related thing, we 
traveled from Seattle. And of course, we're like, oh, got to pack the popcorn bucket because then you get the cheap refills on popcorn. I'm all about saving a few bucks here and there. Go up to the movie theater, uh, the movie theater, the theater popcorn station. And I was like, yeah, one popcorn. And they're like, oh, sorry. We we don't take any buckets anymore except the cruise ship buckets. What? That's that's really an... And I, and I, and I, and I, public service announcement. I don't know if that's true. I think it's probably dependent on the bartender, but I had never, and I was like, this is a popcorn bucket. And he's like, sorry, you have to buy another one. And I was just like, I was very, very frustrated. So of course we ended up getting another popcorn bucket and the new, and the, and the one that they gave us, of course, is like a little bit smaller than the old one we got from the parks, but I, that was pretty frustrating to me. And so I'm yeah. hoping that's not a new thing because I just it just doesn't make any sense to me. I've heard people say that that's happened to them too. I think it is the more rare experience. I don't think it's a new policy. I think it's just dependent on if you're lucky enough to get a nice bartender versus one that's kind of maybe going by the strict rules. But a lot of the time, the buckets are the same. They When they have like the special Star Wars ones or whatever, they tend, or the 100th anniversary ones is another good example. The, I'm looking right now at a Mickey 100th anniversary bucket. They had the same exact ones on the ship as they did at the parks. And so there was no way that anyone would have even known where I bought it. The tough part for me is like in those moments... Uh, yeah, I'm not an angry. I'm not a um, upset person, but I'm like, that's weird. I've I've been on multiple Disney cruises. I bought. I've brought this bucket. I was on one in October. Mm-hmm. It's popcorn. Disney's not losing money. They they could give everyone popcorn. The reason they charge for it is so that there isn't crazy high demand in a small area, right? It's like to me, I'm just like, can you please, like, would you please do this? And they're like, sorry, it's our, it's our policy. And I just, <sighs> it's it's touches like that. And this is this might be another hot take that make Disney feel like Royal Caribbean. That's mm-hmm. like I paid a premium not to get chastised over a different mm-hmm. colored popcorn bucket. Please, you know, yeah, it's just those little things that are I'm frustrating. With you. I think yeah. there's two reasons though why they don't get free popcorn. One being the demand, and the other one that we've heard and I think is probably true is because it cuts down on the mess in the theater in between shows, right? Because everyone eating popcorn in the theater, there is popcorn everywhere on the floor. Whereas if you only have, you know, if if you have that barrier to entry, right, there's less popcorn, less mess. So I think it's a combination. One one other uh, noteworthy or two other noteworthy food things before talking about main dining that I found interesting. The first one is hilarious. My wife, her favorite thing in the morning, they did a happy hour at the French Quarter Lounge where you can get a coffee drink and two beignets with the chocolate sauce for like the cost of a drink. So her alone time was she'd go down there by herself. So it's Mother's Day. And I was like, all right, kids, we're already on a cruise. Mom already did her her massage, but we've got to get her her happy hour and we got to kind of be quiet and bring it back to her. And so so me and my son go down to the French Quarter Lounge. Of course, we see Pluto on the way, which is like great. And I was like, yeah, here's the coffee drink she wants and the beignets. Can we get those to go? Yeah, no problem at all. It was kind of busy. You could tell the server felt bad that we were waiting so long. But finally, the beignets come and me and my wife's favorite thing about the beignets at the French Quarter Lounge is they come with the chocolate sauce. Now, Brian and Sam, do not answer, but do you know the secret recipe to the chocolate sauce? No. Okay. So here's the thing. My wife like kept talking about, I don't know what it is. This chocolate sauce is just so good. It makes these beignets. Like it's amazing. So he hands me the plate and it doesn't have the chocolate sauce. And I was like, I'm so sorry. It's Mother's Day. That's my wife's favorite thing. Can I get that to go? And he goes, oh yeah, no worries at all. And so I follow him and he goes around the bar and he picks up a oh, no. thing of Hershey's chocolate <laughs> syrup. 
<laughs> turns it over and puts it in a little cup and hands it to me. And I just look at him and I was, I, I will not forget. I look at him and I go, is, is that the chocolate sauce? And he's like, yeah. And I kind of give him that look like, buddy, if this ain't the right sauce, me and you, both of our butts are on the line here. So you better make sure this is the real deal. So I bring that up to my wife and I was like, oh, happy, you know, happy Mother's Day. And of course I got you the sauce. And so she's like eating it. She's like, oh, this sauce is so good. This is so amazing. And I was like, well, I asked the bartender the secret ingredient and he told me how to make it at home. And her eyes light up. And I said, you just have a lukewarm bottle of Hershey syrup. And it, her face just melts. She's like, you have got to be kidding me. So now, you know, you can have that chocolate sauce at home anytime. <laughs> but you don't have the beignets to go with it. <laughs> yeah, touche, touche. That's the best part. <laughs> oh my God. As so, so as soon as you said you followed the bartender, I knew you were going to say it was just a bottle of Hershey's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> and then the only the only other noteworthy food item is uh, in the in the pub. I forget what it's called. If it's um, 576 or wh- whatever. No, um, O'Gills. That one's O'Gills, easy. yeah, that one. Yeah. Or is it? Uh, anyway, um, yeah. at 10.30, they put out appetizers, which mm-hmm. I noticed during COVID, but I, I don't know if they put them out during the COVID cruises. So I was like stoked about this. I was like, on our last cruise we went on, I was second dining. So we'd like do second dining. Then you go get a drink afterwards. You're like, my stomach is so full. And I'd see these appetizers and I was like, I can't eat these. But this time <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm on first dining. Then I go to a show and then I'm ready for second, you know, second dinner. <laughs> but the, uh, I found it odd. They put, they would put the appetizers out wrapped up like a half hour early and just leave them in those heater trays. And then they just unwrap them. And so, Brian, you and I have connected on how good the room service chicken wings are. But you put those room service chicken wings in a tray and leave them for a half hour and then open up a buffet for an hour and never replenish them. They got really gross. And it was it was another one of those things that's like, if you're going to put out appetizers, if you're going to put out little fried things, like you can't leave a cheese, you know, a cheese stick, a mozzarella stick out for an hour and a half at a, a heating tray. It was gross. And gross so I was, and I, was a, I was a little disappointed by that. So anyway, that's all my my food thoughts outside of the main dining areas. All right. Well, we've got to hear about main dining. We've got to hear if you tried anything new, what was good, what was not good. Yes. So main dining, I have to say, this is our third Disney cruise. Every cruise we've been on, and it's hit or miss on your waiters and your wait staff. Our waiting service, service every cruise has gotten exponentially better. And oh, the wow. food, I feel like, keeps getting better. And I, mm, I realize it more, might, Josh. Oh, <laughs> I realize <laughs> it might, it might be because we're traveling with our kids, and so we're more tired and on the ball. And when someone <laughs> hands you a hot plate of food and you don't have to do the dishes, you're like, "This tastes like a million dollars. This is great." <laughs> But no, we, we're uh, adventurous in the sense of like, my wife and I will each order a different entree. We're not afraid to try something new or split something mm-hmm. on the cruise. And all the options by now, we figured out what we'd like. You know, the grouper at one restaurant, the um, wasabi filet at uh, Animators or uh, the escargot, the my wife loves the black truffle presets and uh, all those things like they, it was just really good. And the one thing that I really enjoyed was our our main waiter said, hey, if there's anything you need, um, if there's anything that you didn't get in a previous cruise, because they heard we'd been on a couple times, let us know. And I had made mention, hey, I, I have gotten you know lukewarm appetizers on both of the last two cruises. And he, and he stops and he goes, well, thank you so much for telling me that. Now I can make sure every appetizer is going to be very hot. I was like, I love this man. This oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So honestly, overall, like my, my like feedback on the main dining rooms is to me, the food hasn't necessarily changed, but the service was top notch. All of our food was very warm. Our steaks were prepared 
properly. I always order them rare, even though I'm a medium rare guy because Mm -hmm. they always overcook them. And it was perfectly medium rare when I ordered rare. So that was great. And then the black truffle presets. Sam, I got to tell you, this is the warmest they've been. He (laughs) assured me that he goes, I grabbed the freshest one they just put on there. I said, this is amazing. And I took a bite and I still thought to myself, I don't know what the big deal is. It's like the atrium (laughs) welcome. I'm just like, and my wife's like, this is the best one I've had. And I was like, I, it is the best one I've had too. And it's just, (laughs) and and so we had a long conversation and she's like, maybe you just don't like stuffed pasta. And I was like, you know, looking at, you know, my figure and how much I eat and how much I love food, I'm pretty sure I love pasta. This is just <laughs> mediocre, you know, and this is the best <laughs> mediocre I've ever had, but it's still mediocre. So nothing's changed. I'm still the villain. I'm um, going to custom order my Black Travel Perset costume so I can wear that <laughs> at the Castaway Key 5K and oh take a picture gosh. for you, Sam. Oh my God, you do not even know how much that would make my year. Like I, and I feel like people, if they saw you in a Trouble Percent costume, like everyone would want to take their picture with you. Like no question, no question. You would be like Princess Tiana. I mean, the way that people would be flocking. I'm just trying to imagine what a truffle per set costume would look like. Maybe it's from that dump, <laughs> that, dump, that happy, happy dumping place that we go to that has it, a little mascot out front. Maybe that's it's a, like the yeah the Din Tai Fung dumpling. Yeah. Oh it yeah. Like the yeah, it looks like kind of like an upside down Zhao Long Bao. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm imagining. I do have a Tokyo costume and I could assume I could, I, I can't change that one, but I was like, I think I understand what I would do. And you put the little carrots on top and the yes. little like black pepper crushed on there. Yeah. A little yeah. green sliver. Yeah. I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'll work it out. Don't worry. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Pictures forthcoming. I've got to ask Josh overall, how was it being on a repositioning cruise? Such a good question. The, the, I think the thing we were most unsure about was we had friends who had done the repositioning before from San Diego to Vancouver. Um, and they had really bad seasickness, uh, really turbulent waters. We also had a different group of friends who just did a uh, Cabo San Lucas cruise on the Wonder. Um, they have done six Disney cruises and they said they had the worst water they've ever had coming back from Cabo. And so we're like a little nervous, but we had smooth sailings the whole way. And so for us, we didn't notice any difference from being on a sea day when we were in the Caribbean or being in the inside passage in Alaska. To to us, the the ships were fine. What's funny is this was Mother's Day weekend. Brian and Sam, if you remember living in the Pacific Northwest, it was like 80 some degrees on that Sunday of Mother's Day. Super nice. Yeah. That's the day we docked in Victoria, which to us is just a boat right away. So we were like an 80 some degree day on a Disney cruise ship in the Pacific Northwest. We're not going anywhere. The coldest day was actually probably in San Diego the day we left. And yeah. on, on sea was about the same temperatures, but with some wind. But overall, great weather. As Pacific Northwesterners, we loved it. Nice. Oh, that's amazing. Josh, anything uh, from your notes that we haven't hit on that you wanted to to cover? I would say the shows were... That was one thing. We went to two of the shows with our kids. We went to Dreams and we went to, of course, Frozen. We did not go to Golden Mickey's because I can only watch 1999 <laughs> Bob Iger so much and get tired of it. Um, I thought my kids were going to love Frozen because my daughter loves Frozen. My son does too, more than Dreams. But they really enjoyed the variety shows. And I think what they enjoyed was having the different characters that they, from movies they recognize. It dawned on me. I'm like, to me, a, a show experience of Beauty and the Beast or Frozen or you know Aladdin or whatever of one singular storyline as an adult I really like. 
but it, mm-hmm. it dawned on me, which is like, I should know this, but for the kids, they love the variety. So that was a good thing. And the other thing, even though we were on The Wonder in October, almost all the cast on the show was was different. The main right. singers, because those are the ones you recognize. And I felt like the the show, the actors were not as good and singers were not as good as our October cruise, but still very, very good overall. So it's just, again, it's kind of like your dining staff. Your dining staff's always going to be good. Some are going to be amazing and some are just going to be pretty good. I felt like for the shows, it was just, it was pretty good. It wasn't, wasn't bad. Every once in a while, I feel like there's like a standout. And of course the visiting Broadway performer is usually that standout and maybe one or two others, but you know, they're all, as you said, good. They're all, you know, at least as good as the performers that are in the parks when you see some of those, you know, shows in the parks, but every once in a while you have someone who's really, really special who's playing, you know, Elsa or Anna, or one of the other sort of main characters. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say is like ending the cruise in Vancouver. I'm familiar with Vancouver, driven through it a ton. The cruise ship is right downtown. And so that that's a pretty cool place to like cruise out of or into. Mm-hmm. Uh, finding, finding my dad picked us up, finding a personal transit or an Uber, even the parking garage. I mean, I, I can only explain it of the, I think it's what the second, it's one of the biggest metro cities in Canada. And it's mm-hmm. just like engulfed in like skyscrapers and you're right there on the water. It's pretty amazing. And as we cruised in, there's like multiple sea play, planes landing. There's like an eagle in the distance. It's oh. easy to forget how picturesque that place is. I love Vancouver. Yeah. Nice. So And so many great things to do there. We've, of course, talked about it on other shows, but great dim sum in Vancouver. Great Asian food in general. And then, you know, the wonderful Stanley Park, there's an aquarium there. Just, yeah, it's a, a fantastic city to visit. Absolutely. Well, I have one last question, Josh, but I'm going to save it till the end of the show. And instead, I'm going to hand you over to Sam for arbitrary questions, arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment of the round we know as rapid fire. So, Sam, I don't know what you've got cooked up for Josh today, but uh, take it away. So, Josh, you've done our regular rapid fire, and mm-hmm. we've done some compare contrast with Royal Caribbean. But I, I want to know your favorite from this cruise in particular, right? So we're going to be talking about the wonder and be talking food shows, all that good stuff. And so we're going to limit your answers though to the wonder. So I want to know what was your favorite show that you got to see on board this cruise? Yeah, favorite show would have to be Frozen. Seeing my daughter dancing in the aisle to let it go. That's in having having Snope fall on you. If you soap snow, uh, it was delightful. Frozen. I love that. Snope. I never heard that before, but it's a, a perfect description of what falls from the sky. That's awesome. All right. What was your favorite rotational dining? I would have to say Tiana's. Tiana's, the show is so cool. The food is really good as well. Um, fun fact, I got to hang out with the main singer in Tiana's at the pub one night, and I learned his work schedule is the dream, for uh, pun intended, for a Disney ship. He just sings the two seatings in the evening, and then he gets the rest of the cruise off. I was like, I want that guy's job if I'm going to work. Wow. Yeah. I wonder about I wonder if the rest of the crawfish crooners get the, the night off or if they are doing the other performances in the other venues. I don't know, but it was cool because him and the other performers with him 
were at the pub to support one of the artists who was playing there. So it was really it, it was really cool to see them like cheering on and the oh. banter between them and the live performing artists. It was it was really cool. Awesome. All right, favorite bar space that you got to visit on this cruise? I love the pub, but I think more than that, I really like Signals. Like I love mm. the adult only area that it, that it's connected to Cove Cafe. Those three are, are my favorite, but I, I'm going to go with Signals. My wife would be the French Quarter Lounge. She loves the French well, Quarter. Because your wife knows what she's talking about. I know. Tell me me something that she doesn't remind me of daily. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I want to know what your favorite place to relax was, a non-bar space on the cruise. My favorite place to relax is the uh, adults pool, like the cove pool. Like sitting there with a drink in the padded lounger, hands down my favorite spot to relax and my wife's as well. And so we did some shifts with the kids at the pool training off to go over there. That's the best. That's what you have to do. It's, it's about, you know, tag team work. It's that's, it's amazing. That way you can get some alone relaxing time versus watching Funnel Vision. All right. I want to know what your favorite savory thing that you ate. And I'm also going to be asking you sweet, but let's go savory first. My wife might say the shawarma at the the shawarma station. Make sure to ask for the pita, not the tortilla. The tortilla, not great. The pita, delicious. I am probably, it's so sad, but it just, it never disappoints. Room service, buffalo chicken wings (laughs) and the BLT and room service are so good. They're just so good every time. I'm a simpleton. It doesn't take much. All right. Well, what about your sweet item? Oh, gosh. I would probably say the Mickey paddle <laughs> bar. <laughs> Those things are so good. You're like, you're like people, people at this point who have heard me on the show before, they're like, Josh can critique everything and he likes the most garbage basic food. I'm like, welcome to my life. Like, maybe that's the issue. <laughs> you have, I know it's funny. You, you're not even, you know, you didn't bring up anything you ate at Apollo. You didn't bring up the chocolate souffle or anything. I mean, this is, yeah. It's uh, the Mickey bar. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I mean, I like the soft serve on deck better than the Mickey bar. So it is what it is. All right. So the last question of Rapid Fire, same question I ask every time. What is your bucket list cruise? My in-laws are going on a med cruise coming up this September, not on Disney. They're doing one of the fancy ones. I don't even know what it is, Regents or I don't know. But I would say a two-week med cruise sounds pretty great. The repositioning cruise going from Vancouver to Hawaii and then Hawaii yeah. to Australia. Yeah. So if I had to pick one, my one relocation cruise, I would I would pay for and do in a heartbeat if it popped up and it was the right timing and everything. Panama Canal. Final answer. Panama Canal. Okay. All right. I love it. I mean, those are all bucket list cruises. So it sounds pretty amazing to me. I want to do all of those as well. <laughs> Well, Josh, I had one last question. So now you've sailed Disney yourself. You've sailed on Royal. You've sailed Disney with your kids. Not where are you headed next, but are you going to stick with Disney? Because, you know, I think people could could listen to you talk about Disney and say, it seems like you have some complaints, uh, <laughs> you know, about your experience on board. Are you going to stick with Disney or do you feel like you're going to try some other cruise lines? What's your what's your opinion? Oh, such a such a good question. and such a deep question. We can, we can have a little counseling session. It's like, why do I, why do I critique, why do I critique things, especially Disney so much? And to answer your question, I'll start there. I am always willing to pay a premium to have a more premium experience. I, I'm not somebody who like makes buco bucks, but I just enjoy being able to unwind and uh, relax in, in, in the busy world we live in. And so for me, I love Disney. I, and like I said about the parks, I briefly mentioned the parks are just so filled with people and it feels like 
when you go in the parks, you get nickel and dimed for everything. Mm-hmm. I mentioned on the cruise, you know, I hate getting on and getting nickel and dimed for more things. So for me, the critique really comes out of, I love the Disney company. I love the magic they create. I love the details that they think about that do have impacts on people, even if they don't on me. So for me, I love Disney. And the reason I critique it is because I want it to be better because I love Mm -hmm. so much about it. And I feel like there's small ways that they can improve in order to make it even more amazing. So for me, absolutely. Do I already have a seven-night Caribbean cruise booked on the fantasy coming up in February with my family, my kids, my parents, and my in-laws? Of course I do. And so that's coming up. And that's going to be an Eastern Caribbean cruise. So yes. Oh, the best. Along with that, I'm also trying to convince my wife for my birthday, which is in September, to do a little cruise on a different cruise line, uh, maybe a three-nighter. There's a relocation. It's a really far distance. I don't know. I don't know if you guys can comprehend how far this is from Vancouver, British Columbia to Seattle. So I'm, I'm debating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get her. So to you're basically show- an hour in each direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to show her like, hey, the price for a three-night cruise on this little jaunt is like one night on Disney and you know drinks are included. So we should really try out this other cruise line. So that might nice. be in the works if my wife says yes. We'll see. Well, Josh, does it put you on the spot? Or are we going to be able to coax you into our podcast cruise? Some folks might actually like to meet the villain in person and ask a few questions. It, I'm so saddened to say I'm not going to be going on the podcast cruise. And since you asked on air, I can answer very honestly on air that we live in one of the most beautiful, amazing places in the whole world but only for three months out of the year. <laughs> and so to book a cruise and be from the Pacific Northwest during one of those three months, you're crazy. So yeah. to me, if you booked it any other time except for June, July, and August, 100% in there. The fact you booked it in June, I go, come on, guys. And, oh, and a three-nighter, come on, guys. We should have done a week <laughs> or 10 days. That's all, that's there. So that no, I'm not. And I wish I was there because get, hearing like all the guests that come on your show, um, I think about concierge Chris and I think about, you know, Willie and Rebecca and like all these people that I'm like, I feel like I know these people. They're awesome people like cruising like I do. Like, of course, I want to meet all of them. But no, sadly, I'm not. Listen, we understand to give a fair explanation, you know, If we could have picked a time that wasn't during the best three months of the year, we absolutely would. But obviously, dealing with school schedules, that's what we were trying to avoid. We're trying to avoid the school year and pretty much across the country, you know, June is probably the best time we could do. And then the the allure of the Lighthouse Point cruises was another factor. And then the, the last factor, just being a shorter cruise, we picked that to make it accessible to as many people at different price points as possible. So we knew that that was going to probably cut out a lot of West Coasters because we're going all the way to the East Coast for a three-night cruise. But to be fair, we're also doing the DVC charter that butts into that. So right before. So I understand your reasoning. I forgive you for not coming, Josh. Um, <laughs> and she will, eat, she will eat plates of truffle prosets for days in your honor. And, and I'll eat some escargot for your wife as well. Let me just put it out there. If, if somebody wanted to start a GoFundMe, I will pay for my flights and bring my black truffle percent costume to run the Castaway Key 5K. And so it might be worth it for you people. You start the GoFundMe. DCL duo villain goes to yeah. the cruise. And remember, it'll it'll probably hopefully be the Lighthouse Point 5K. That's oh, that, I, who knows if they're going to do that? That would be that'd be pretty that neat. Be, yeah. yeah. Well, Josh, as always, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on and share your cruising experience. It's always fun to chat with you. We want to hear all about this seven night cruise you have. And if you end up taking a cruise from Vancouver to Seattle, <laughs> we want to hear about that, too. 
But uh, for now, we'll, we'll meet just say, you at the port. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. But for now, just thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night. Good night.